soften something in our hearts. And Lord, we just say, enemy, there's no room for you here tonight. So I pray, God, that we have our attention on you tonight and you, your voice will be the loudest one we hear. Amen, amen. So who was here last week? Awesome. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 12. Awesome. I see those hands. 12 people. I don't know that. I just made that up. But anyway, so who knows what the who, Pastor Josh's message was called last week. It won't be on the screen. Besides Pastor Josh, who knows what his message was called? What is it again? I'm oh, just kidding. Bella's got the answer. Speak into the microphone, Belle. I don't have the answer. Sorry. Come on. Come on, somebody. Anyone else? Okay, Pastor Josh, hit us with it. I would have said it was a, uh, like, don't. Quality is not quantity, or the opposite. No, I thought it, I thought it was something else. Unity does not equal proximity. That's the one. I didn't even preach it, but like I just knew it. Anyways, so that chiching not equal to yeah yeah. So unity does not equal. Wait, wrong way around. Proximity does not equal unity. Awesome. We all knew that. How awesome because we're all here and in our notebooks. We all wrote it down. So good. Okay, but who, in all seriousness, who knows what scripture we've been coming back to this term? I, uh, great. Awesome. It is Ephesians 4 verse 1 to 7 and it's going to pop up on the screen and I'm just going to read it back over to us. It says this, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Boom. As Chloe would say, boom, I'm done. Peace. No, just kidding. So, one thing that just really hit me in the face, not, not literally, but kind of literally, in verse 4, it says this, For there is one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. What is something that you see out of this scripture a lot? Personally, I see the word one. I actually see it three times in just a little short, little, little tiny little line. It says the word one three times. And for me, that gives me this idea that this word one is actually pretty important. So the word one means one, right? It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean three. It doesn't mean four. It doesn't mean 20. It means just one. Number one says there is one body. So what does that mean? You could probably be saying to me, well, what even is a body, Claire? Mm. Uh, sorry, I'm getting really distracted right now. Okay, so I'm just going to just gonna read. With the word one, it's being repeated so many times, it gives me the idea that this concept of oneness is kind of important. Another word for oneness is unity, right? And, and plug, shameless plug to Pastor Josh, if you haven't listened on the podcast last week and you're listening on the podcast, listen right now because it's all just going to flow and it's going to be awesome. But the thing is, with the word unity, you might be a bit confused what it means. So, Unity is the state of being one, a sense of oneness or togetherness, a whole or total of parts combining together 
into one. The state of being united or combined into one as of the part of a whole in one accord or absence of division. Wow, who knew that? It says, for there is one body. Maybe you're thinking, what is a body though, Claire? What, like, is a body something that a person has, like I'm in a body? Yes, that is correct. But this type of body that we're talking about is actually referring to us as the church, right? And you might be thinking, what do you mean one church? Like, it just doesn't really make sense. I'll be driving around Port Lincoln with my family and it'll say Lutheran church. It might say Catholic church. It might say Baptist church. You might see the Uniting church. You might see One Heart church. Yes, that is also, that is correct. That's the type of body that we're talking about. But in this scripture, we can see one body equals one church. That is us, the global church. There isn't one, two, I mean, there's not two, three, four, five, six different churches. We overall together are united as one, forming one body. And yes, there are different styles of churches, right? It's like different flavors, different ways of doing church. But all together, we are a part of one body equaling one church. And it's like my trusty old Mackie D's right here. If it, No one knows what's in the bag, but I do. So we have two different little, little guys in here. One and two. So who knows what this is? It's a burger. Correct. These are two burgers, right? Actually, I'm going to get someone to open these guys up. Bella and Zoe can open those up and tell me what 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 is the what is that type of thing? Bella, what have you got in there? Some pickles and a patty and a bun. What what, what type of patty is it? Beef, I think. <laughs> and Zoe, what have you got in your burger? Chicken. Cha-ching, you got it correct, guys. Well done. So, it's like this. Sometimes we go to the drive-thru and we think, oh, I really want to get a burger. But if you said to them, can I get a burger, please? They could give you anything out of that next window. They could give you a chicken burger or they can give you a, a beef burger, even a veggie burger, if you ask. It doesn't matter what type of burger it is. Just by looking at that packet, you could tell what it is, right? You knew there's not, that's not a chicken nugget, that's not a soft serve, that is a burger. And that's the same when we look at different churches, even though they might have a little bit of something different inside, maybe one's a chicken, one's a beef, it's still a burger, right? And when we drive past the Catholic church, it's still a church, it's just a little bit different inside. And if we drive to One Heart Church, it's a little bit different than the Catholic church because we're a different church but we're still one body and one church right does that make sense does that does that make sense yeah okay great so the awesome thing is just as much as we are a part of the church we are also the church right yeah so we're also the church we're united together as the church, despite our differences and despite our preferences. And Paul reminds us that we are to be of one body. We're to be united together in harmony because we are the church. And sometimes it's actually not about the denomination. It's not about the different style or the different preference. It's about demonstrating and living true harmony and unity as the church. We are a part of this body, you 
and me, we are a part of the global church. Me and you are called to be the church. Ephesians 1 verse 22 to 23 says this, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills every Um, who fills all things everywhere with himself. The church, you and I are a, a part of the body. And the thing is, the role that you have on your life is so important. The part that you play is so important. Without you, the body wouldn't be of full function. And you look at this little person that I've drawn on I've cut out of this, right? So he's he's quite whole. You could be looking at this as the body. But the thing is, if I decide to take away his leg, he's not in full function. He can't run, right? But then I can put it back. If there's division with his arm, he's not going to be able to, you know, play the guitar efficiently, is he? He's not going to be able to do his full job. But if I put it back, he can do that. And that's like us as the church. If we take one part away that causes division, we can't be in full function. We can't, we're living in division and not unity. But as soon as I put it back, he's fully functioning again. And that is awesome, yeah. And that's what we wanna be like too. So in Corinthians 1, chapter 12, verse 12 to 31, we're gonna read a pretty big chunk of scripture here. So I'll read it to you so you don't have to read it. It says this, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, and some are slaves and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many parts, not just one. If the foot says to, says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that not make it any less part of the body? If the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. The parts that we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts that do not require special well that do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such together such that Extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. If all you together are Christ's body and each of you are a part of it, that, that was a weird emphasis I just did on that, sorry. Here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are the prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, and those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? 
Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But let me show you a way to live that is best of all. The part that you play is important. Everyone has a different part that they have to play. It makes the body function efficiently and it makes the church function. With one part missing, the body is less effective and when the body isn't in unity, it is ineffective. I have a funny story about something being in unity. So who has their driver's license or, or is on their learner's permit in this room? Just lift your hands up. Great, I see I see those hands. Bella's pretty close though, so she might as well put a hand up. So I'll tell you a funny story that, so one day I was driving from Adelaide to Port Lincoln and I, I was on my learner's permit, so my mum was sitting next to me and I was just driving along, yada, 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 you know, we were almost at Port Augusta and then I just feel that the car is like being a bit weird and I thought, oh, this is a bit weird, but everything's like intact, like the steering wheel hasn't fallen off, like the the gear shifter hasn't like fallen off, but just felt a bit weird. Dun, dun, dun. Lo and behold, the car decides to break down. And I thought, hmm, this is a little bit odd. We have to call RA. Anyway, that's, that's irrelevant. So something was wrong with the car, and I thought, well, I'm not a mechanic. I don't know what it is. Turns out there's one kind of important part in the car that I had no knowledge about. It's called the alternator. And basically, the alternator controls pretty much everything. And when I say everything, I mean the horn didn't even horn. It was like, the first time I pressed it, it was like, and then I pressed it again, nothing. So that's how important one part of the body is. If one part of the body is divided or broken or not carrying its weight or doing something wrong or or dis discombobulated or separated if it's not a part of the whole body the whole body is not effective the car horn can't even beep the car can't even turn on nothing can work the indicator can't even work nothing is effective anymore and that's like us as the church if one part of us is disconnected if it's not working if it's decided I'm going to give up now how can we be effective that's the question how can we be effective the answer is we can't because we need the whole body to be in unity, to be together, to be of one body so we can be effective. It says this in Psalm 133 in the New Living Test, the New Living Translation. How wonderful and pleasant is it when brothers live together in harmony? The, new, the NIV version says, how good and pleasant is it when God's people live together in unity? How good is that? That's talking about us. How good is it that we live together? When we live together in harmony, it's a good thing. When we live together in unity, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's because the thing is, it's so easy to be divided, right? It's so easy to live in disagreement. It's so easy to live um, ununited. And that is a dangerous place because like Pastor Josh's analogy last week with the, 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 the little ping pong balls, when we're connected, when we're united, when we're together as one, we can, we, we're together. But the other group, Boom, it scatters everywhere and that's what disunity does to us. It divides, it breaks, it separates and that's how the enemy wants us to live. But Paul teaches us again that we are to be of one body. So let's do our best to live together, united as one. Let's be people who live in unity, who live in harmony, who live together as the body of the church. Um, 
because I know I want to be effective as 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 the church. I want to live healthy and I want to be living as a living Christian who is effective for the call that I have on my life. Now, my second point is there is one spirit. What is that? Who has an answer to that question? What does it mean to be, what does one spirit mean? Oh, if you didn't hear that on the podcast, there's one Holy Ghost. And I agree with that. That's actually, you've stolen my notes, Pastor. Just a bit awkward. No, it's king. Okay, so one spirit, the Holy Spirit. There is one and only spirit that unites us together as believers, the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to briefly, for one little second, just say the, the, um, the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity. And when I was... I'm looking at this word Trinity. There's a word tri. Who knows what tri means? Pastor Josh? Three, three. Awesome. Three. So there's three parts of the Trinity, but they're united together as one. God as three distinct individuals or persons sharing the one essence, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, all united together as one. I love that Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13 says, some are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. We all share the same spirit. We've been baptized as one. We've been made into the body as one by one spirit. And as believers, we share that. It doesn't matter what denomination you're from. It doesn't matter. We share the one spirit and that's what unites us together. And the awesome thing about the Holy Spirit is that whoever was in church this morning, Pastor Sean was saying, the Holy Spirit gives good gifts. And I totally believe that. The Holy Spirit empowers you. The Holy Spirit brings wisdom, brings unity, brings revelation, brings clarity, brings boldness, brings power, ability, and reveals good gifts. The Holy Spirit is the tangible presence that we feel. And I know when the Spirit is near. I know when the Spirit is on me. I know when the Spirit is around me because I just, you feel just empowered and you say, let's go. Like you just get, I don't know how to describe it, but if you've just had a moment with the Holy Spirit, you know, you know what it feels like. You know what it's like. The Holy Spirit, um, when the Holy Spirit's around, things change in the presence. Things change when the Spirit moves and when the Spirit takes over, things begin to change. It says in Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and into the ends of the world. And I just love the amplified version because it just goes, bam, it just hits me a bit harder. It says, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The spirit that unites us as believers brings power and ability when he comes upon us. 1 Corinthians um, 12 verse 13 says, for in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. We are made to drink of one spirit. The Holy Spirit works in so many ways. And I'm just going to briefly skim through some because I'm pretty sure I'm really running out of time again. Okay, so the Holy Spirit works in many ways. He gives and restores life. Psalm 104 verse 30 in the Passion Translation says, when you release your spirit, life is created. We're called and commissioned. Barnabas and Saul are commissioned by the Holy Spirit in Acts 13, 2 to 3. He, Holy Spirit guides us where he wants us and he does and he tells us what to do. 
Um, the Holy Spirit tells us when to go and tells us when to stop. Holy Spirit inspires scripture. Holy Spirit advocates for us. John 15 verse 26, it says, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come f- to you from the Father and he will testify Oh, and will testify all about me. Holy Spirit instructs the church, bears witness for the good news in signs and wonders. Acts 14, 3 says, and the Lord provided their message that was true by giving them the power to do miraculous signs and wonders. Holy Spirit bears witness to Jesus and brings glory to Him. Holy Spirit convicts people of their own sinful ways and reveals their need for the good news. Holy Spirit helps our hearts to remain soft. Holy Spirit energizes and equips people to share the good news, serve God and work for the kingdom. Holy Spirit gives gifts to God's people. In Corinthian, 1 Corinthians 12 is where we learn about the good gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. It says the Holy Spirit has given each of us in a special, given us a gift in a special way. That is good for all. He gives wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, interpretation of tongues. It says all the gifts are produced by one and the same Spirit. He gives gifts to each person just as He desires, decides. We serve one Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe the Spirit is alive and living. We believe the Spirit speaks and moves and unites us. And it just makes me think, a church without the Holy Spirit is just a building. A church without the Holy Spirit is just a group of people who gather. The Holy Spirit is life-giving and life-changing. The Holy Spirit is a vital element of church. The Holy Spirit doesn't change. His power stays the same. The Holy Spirit that anoints then still anoints now. The Holy Spirit that was then is still the same now. The Holy Spirit that was poured out on believers then is poured out on us now. The Holy Spirit that brought wisdom then still brings wisdom now. The Holy Spirit that brought revelation then still brings revelation now. The Holy Spirit that sets people that set people free and changed lives still does that today. And the Holy Spirit that was living then is alive and moving still today. And it's it's just awesome. You see, just prophecies fulfilled in the, in the word as you get into the into reading your Bible. You just see times when God promises things, and then we see it come into reality um, in a whole nother part of the Bible, which is just awesome. In Joel verse two, uh, Joel two verse twenty eight to twenty nine, the Lord promises His Spirit. It says this: Then after doing those things, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. In those days, I'll pour my spirit out, even on servants, men and women alike. And we see that promise fulfilled in the book of Acts. When the Holy Spirit comes, it says this, Acts 2, 1 to 4. Acts 2, 1 to 4. On the day of Pentecost, all believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages just as the Holy Spirit allowed this ability. And today we see that that fulfillment of prophecy. The Spirit was poured out. And the crazy thing is, people did not believe it. People did not believe it. They said, they said this. But others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, you're just drunk, that's all. Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to them, shouted to the crowd, listen carefully all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is far too early for that. No, what? No, 
what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God said, I will pour my spirit out upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour my spirit out even on servants, men and women alike. They will prophesy. The Holy Spirit is a promise from God. The Holy Spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit is living, moving and brings power. The Holy Spirit is always with us. So together we seek one spirit. We seek the Holy Spirit and we should desire to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit every single day. As believers, despite our denomination, we believe in one spirit, the Holy Spirit. Or some people do say the Holy Ghost. So if you hear Holy Ghost, that's clarity for you. Um, and finally, it says, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe in heaven and hell. And that's actually, I have a funny story that I think I have a few minutes to add. The, the way I um, got to actually know God was through an awesome friend who actually is Pastor Josh's um, sister. So shout out to Liana if you're listening to this. But I remember I was just a year nine girl at school and I was just chatting to this friend, Liana, and she said to me, if you don't know God, you're going to hell. That's that's. if I could have voice recorded that, she said, if you don't know God, you're going to hell. And I just think that's the reality that we need to understand that if we have people in our lives that don't know who God is, sorry to break it to you, but they're going to hell. So that just um, encourages me and empowers me to think who in my life is lost, who in my life doesn't know God, who in my life doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, who hasn't had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. And that empowers me to pray more for them. That enc- encourages me to just speak life over them, to um, yet yeah, believe that they will have an encounter with God and want to live their life for God for all the rest of their days. So as a believer, I want to see all my friends and family partying it up in heaven. I don't know about you, I think Pastor Josh wants to see that too. I think Zoe wants to see that too. I think we all should desire to see that, to have heaven just mad populated, like Tunarama level, not like Port Lincoln Show level, and to have hell as like nothing. Like imagine nothing. That, wow, I can't, wow. My mind is blown right now. Anyway, so it says this in Luke 15 verse 7, there is great joy in heaven when one lost person gives their life to God, and that is our desire too. The Great Commission to go and make disciples, baptizing people. As believers, we're called to make disciples, to see souls saved and one for the kingdom of God. And the time that we have on earth is so just tiny and small, and it's so temporary that everything we do should be for Jesus. Everything we do should build the kingdom. Everything we do should we should have our eyes on eternity in heaven with Jesus. And I love that um, Pastor Dave Hall, this is just, uh, I saw a little caption on his Instagram. So this is quoted by him. It says, let's believe for a harvest of souls. And it's so simple, but it's so true. Let's believe for a harvest of souls. Our hope is f- for the future is to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. That's our glorious hope that we can be having a party with Jesus in heaven. And so tonight, maybe this is, um, just let, if we can just dim the lights for a moment, that would be awesome. Thanks, Al. Um, 
So tonight, maybe it's your first time here or maybe you've been coming to youth for a while and maybe you think tonight, I just have the desire, maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and maybe tonight you just wanna give your life to God because that's the best and the most awesome thing you can, that's the best decision you can ever make in your whole entire life. Over your McDonald's order, it doesn't matter. It's over how much money you get in your bank account, it doesn't matter. Over what car you drive, it doesn't matter. The best choice that you can make in this moment is giving your life to God. And so tonight, let's just stand up um, together and we are are gonna see a prayer that's gonna pop up on the screen in um, just a few seconds, thanks to Larissa. And maybe if you're in church, you've maybe seen this prayer come on the screen at the end of most services. And we believe in the same thing here at Youth. We believe that we never wanna leave a moment where God can set someone free, where we can give our life to God. So. We're gonna just pray this prayer together. And this prayer isn't gonna be like a, like a cast on Noah's arm that's gonna fix a problem. It's, it's the start of something new in your life. So I just wanna encourage you to, um, we're gonna pray this prayer all together, but I, I wanna say to you tonight, if, if you truly say this prayer, um, like with your whole heart, if you truly believe tonight that you wanna give your life to God, come and see Pastor Josh, come and see myself, come and see Chloe after the service. And we actually want to um, equip you with some some resource to just allow this journey to start because it's all a journey. It's not a boom moment of healing, which it can be. I'm not saying that it's not, but it's, it's a journey that we get to walk on with God and we wanna help you be fully equipped for that. So. Um, Say this prayer with me tonight on the count of three. One, two, three. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Today I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, awesome. And remember what that scripture said, there is is great joy in heaven when one lost person gives their life to God. And so tonight heaven is rejoicing and we are going to finish this time with a fast song called You, Me, The Church, That's Us, which is also from scripture and it means unity, right? You, me, the church, that's us. That's why we chose this song. Anyway, take it away.